Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Metro Inc. 2020 fourth quarter results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would like to now hand the conference over to your speaker today, Sharon Kadosh, Manager of Invest in Investor Relations and Treasury. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Joanne. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. The comments will focus on the financial results of our fourth quarter, which ended September 26, 2020. With me today is Mr. Eric Laflèche, President and Chief Executive Officer, and François Thibault, Executive VP and Chief Financial Officer. During the call, we will present our fourth quarter results and comment on its highlights. We will then be happy to take your questions. Before we begin, I would like to remind you that we will use in today's discussion different statements that could be construed as forward-looking information. In general, any statement which does not constitute a historical fact may be deemed as a forward-looking statement. Expressions such as expect, intend, or confident that, will, and other similar expressions are generally indicative of forward-looking statements. The forward-looking statements are based upon certain assumptions regarding the Canadian food and pharmaceutical industries, the general economy, and our annual budget, as well as our 2019-20 action plan. These forward-looking statements do not provide any guarantees as to the future performance of the company and are subject to potential risks, known and unknown, as well as uncertainties that could cause the outcome to differ materially. A description of these risks which could have an impact on these statements, could be found under the risk management section of our 2019 annual report. As with the preceding risks, the COVID-19 pandemic constitutes a risk that could have an impact on the business, operations, projects, synergies, and performance of the company. We believe these statements to be reasonable and pertinent at this time and represent our expectations. The company does not intend to update any forward-looking information except as required by applicable law. I will now turn the call over to François Thibault. Thank you, Sharon, and uh, good morning. I hope everyone on the line is in uh, good health. Uh, our fourth quarter sales totaled $4.1 billion <clears throat> versus $3.9 billion last year, an increase of 7.4%, and excluding the impact of IFRS 16, the increase to that 7.7%. Food same-store sales grew 10% versus the fourth quarter of last year, and pharma same-store sales grew by 5.5%. Our gross margin stood at 20.2% of sales, or 20.4%, excluding upper S16, representing a 20 basis point improvement in margin versus the same quarter last year. Operating expenses as a percentage of sales came in at 10.4%, or 11.8%, without the impact of IFRS 16, and this compares to operating expenses of 11.9% of sales for the same period last year. There were 27 million of COVID-19 related expenses in the quarter. Our numbers include cost synergies related to the Jean Coutu acquisition of 16 million in this quarter and 69 million for a fiscal year 2020. 
I am pleased to report that we have now secured an annual run rate of 75 million of cost synergies. And now that we've achieved our target of 75 million in cost synergies within three years of the acquisition, we will no longer disclose the level of synergies going forward. Our EBITDA for the quarter stood at 403.5 million, representing a margin of 9.7% of sales. And excluding IFRS 16, EBITDA was up 37.9 million, an increase of 11.8% versus last year, and represented a margin of 8.6% of sales versus 8.3% of sales in the same quarter last year. Total depreciation and amortization expense for the fourth quarter was 118.5 million. Of the 50 million increase versus last year, 35.1 million results from the adoption of IFRS 16, and 10.7 million, or three cents a share, represents an accelerated depreciation charge related to our new fresh products distribution center in Ontario. Making way for the opening of our phase two fresh DC, some existing assets will no longer be used, and this charge brings down the value of these assets in line with their remaining shorter useful life. We did not adjust the earnings for this amount. Adjusted net earnings were 193.1 million compared to 174 million last year, an increase of 11%, and our adjusted net earnings per share were 77 cents of 13.2% versus last year adjusted EPS of 68 cents. Our capital expenditures for the fourth quarter totaled 203 million, bringing total capex for the year to 511 million. At the beginning of the year, we had planned a higher level of capex, but some projects, namely our new Ontario Automated DC, got delayed due to the pandemic. We will carry forward some investments going into the new fiscal year, and we expect capex for fiscal 2021 to stand at about 600 million. On the retail side, we opened seven stores uh, this fiscal year, including two conversions, relocated another two, and carried out major renovations in 17 stores for a net increase of 168,800 square feet, or 0.8% of our food retail network. Under the normal course issue bid program, we have repurchased between November 25, 2019 and November 10, 2020, 4.26 million shares for a total consideration of 240.8 million, representing an average share price of $56.52. We remain committed to return excess cash flows to our shareholders, and as such, we have renewed our normal course issuer bid program, sorry, giving us authority to repurchase up to 7 million shares between November 25, 2020 and November 24, 2021. That's it for me. I will now turn it over to Eric. Thank you, Francois, and good morning, everyone. We are very pleased with our performance in fiscal 2020, and what a year it has been. We delivered a strong performance across the board as we grew our sales 7.7%, our adjusted EBITDA by 11%, and our adjusted EPS by 14.4% for the year. All this excluding the impact of IFRS 16. After a strong first half of the year, our performance in the second half of the year was fueled in part by the sales growth caused by the pandemic. This performance was also the result of sustained investments in our store network, our supply chain, our merchandising programs, e-commerce, and of course, the dedication of our employees. I want to again thank our teams for all their hard work to ensure that retail and distribution center operations continued to run in an efficient manner, all the while providing a safe and secure environment to our employees and customers. 
Let me now turn to the fourth quarter. We delivered solid, solid results driven by strong comparable sales and good operating leverage. Food same-store sales were up 10%. Our internal food basket inflation was 2.8%, slightly lower than the 3% recorded in the previous quarter. We saw traffic trends improving compared to our third quarter, but still significantly down year over year. A larger basket continued to more than offset the decrease in traffic. We are pleased with the performance of both Metro and our discount stores, Super C and Food Basics. Our Metro stores continued to grow more than our discount stores again this quarter, although the gap between them has narrowed significantly. This strong performance resulted in, resulted in market share gains in both of our markets. On the pharmacy side, same-store sales grew by 5.5%. Prescription drug sales grew by 5.3% and front-end sales increased by 6%, led again by COVID-related items such as masks and hand sanitizers, supported by strong merchandising and marketing plans. These gains were partly offset by a softer performance in our cosmetics and beauty categories, which remain under pressure during the pandemic. We are pleased that the labor conflict at the Jean Coutu warehouse in Varennes was, that started on September 23 was resolved last week. Employees returned to work on Sunday, and we expect a gradual return to normal operations over the next few weeks. As Francois mentioned, we achieved our target of 75 million in cost synergies related to the Coutu acquisition. There is still room for additional synergies with the transfer of operations from our McMahon Distribution Center to the Varenne Center. These activities can resume now that the labor conflict is behind us and we expect them to be completed at the end of fiscal 21. During the fourth quarter, online grocery sales grew by 160%. As mentioned on our last call, we are now accelerating our investments in e-commerce to add capacity as demand grows. First, we just opened a third hub store in the GTA in Scarborough, and it's off to a good start. Second, we will be opening a dedicated store for online grocery next summer to serve the island of Montreal. This, de this de dedicated store will leverage our key learnings and technology investments made over the last four years. This store will offer the same variety and freshness found in our regular Metro stores for next-day home delivery with the option of same-day delivery. Third, we will be deploying Click & Collect to most Metro stores, increasing the number of stores offering Click & Collect from the 40 planned to more than 100, 100 by the end of fiscal 21. Finally, we will continue to work with Corner Shop, a third-party delivery partner offering two-hour delivery, which adds flexibility to our online capacity. These investments will be part of our regular CapEx and will enable the company to increase its online grocery capacity, gain efficiencies, and better meet our customers' evolving needs. Our Ontario supply chain modernization project is coming to fruition. The startup of the first facility is planned for next January. In Quebec, the automated distribution center project was submitted to city officials and was well received. Key contractors have been selected and the preparation of the main construction activities is underway. Looking ahead, while we can't predict how long the pandemic will last or exactly how it will evolve, we expect that in the short term, food revenues will continue to grow at higher than normal rates versus last year, 
as a portion of restaurant and food service sales continue to transfer to the grocery channels. In the first four, four weeks of fiscal 21, food same-store sales increased by about 11% versus the same period last year. On the pharmacy side, we are pleased that our contingency plan secured the supply of prescriptions and OTC products to our pharmacy network, although commercial sales were negatively impacted. In the first four weeks of fiscal 21, comparable prescription sales were up 3.6% versus the same period last year, while front-end same-store sales were down 3.4%. We expect front-end sales will remain under pressure during the first quarter as we gradually ramp up inventories and promotional activity, and this will negatively impact our pharmacy division results in the first quarter of fiscal 21. In closing, we're pleased with our performance and how our team stepped up to the challenge. Our priority remains the safety of our employees and our customers as we continue to run our operations as efficiently as possible and invest in our long-term growth. That's it. We'll now take your questions. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, please press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Karen Short from Barclays. Your line is now open. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is actually Renato Bassant on the line for Karen. And thanks for, for taking my question. Um, so, so, so first, I guess one of your competitors called out a pretty intense uh, competitive environment on the discount side and, and actually some, some price investments. Um, so I'm wondering if you're sort of seeing uh, the same thing and how you characterize a level of competitive um, intensity out there on the discount side, uh, and if you feel the need to respond um, from a price perspective. Well, our, our market's always uh, very competitive. Uh, yes, we did notice a little more uh, competitive intensity and promotional activity towards the end of our quarter, leading into uh, Thanksgiving this year, as usual. This is not unusual uh, in our market that it heats up around that time of year. So um, not, nothing out of the extraordinary, but yes, it, it did heat up a little bit. Uh, that said, uh, we're priced well. Uh, I, I think we have strong merchandising programs and our discount banners are well positioned uh, as are our, our metro stores in both provinces. So we're in a good position to, to face this. Okay, that's that's helpful. Um, and then just, just wondering if you could provide some context around the type of investment uh, that may be necessary this year um, as you sort of ramp up these e-commerce capabilities. Um, maybe any color on how you're how you're thinking about the relative magnitude of these, these investments um, this year versus last year and how they'll potentially show up on the P&L at all versus, versus maybe CapEx as, as the model continues to evolve. Yeah, so as, as we accelerate uh, deployment of e-com, there are some expenses associated with that. But like we've done from the beginning, we're, we're taking a gradual, um, prudent uh, approach. Um, as, de as demand grew faster than we expected this year, we needed to, to ramp up, and that's what uh, we announced uh, the acceleration today. Um, I think the level of demand will uh, uh, allow us to support the expenses that come with it, but there will be some extra expenses. There will be some investment this year to, to, set, to set up click and collect in more stores. Mm -hmm. Facility clearly that's going to take uh, some transition time and some expenses. So uh, 
I won't give you specific guidance. Uh, there will be extra expenses, but we think we, we can manage that and that the, the volume we expect to get will, uh, will enable us to, um, to deliver decent returns. Okay, that's that's very helpful. And then just just last one, if I may, you know, presumably you you picked up quite uh, quite a number of new customers uh, during the pandemic, uh, but just wondering what you're you're sort of doing to cultivate those new customer relationships. Um, you know, just whether there's anything in particular being done to to specifically target those those new customers so that they're you know, they're sticky and they become loyal customers um, as, as you get through and beyond the pandemic. Uh, thank you. Well, um, we try to operate great stores, offer great value, and uh, execute uh, every, every day. That's how you keep uh, customers happy. We, we measure our customer promises uh, every month and have been for many, many years, so that no, no change there. That's going to continue. Um, the big change this year is the big basket, as you know. So traffic is down, basket is is way up. So those trends are, are improving, quote unquote, a bit, but it's still it's still a similar uh, what we're seeing. So I think uh, all sorts of good initiatives, merchandising, marketing, loyalty. Uh, we communicate with our loyal customers. Uh, we we personalize offers. So stuff that we've been doing for a while, uh, we are continuing to do. Um, so when we say we, we try to execute uh, day in, day out, to serve our customers and exceed their expectations, uh, that's what we mean. So uh, yes, we I'm sure got new customers uh, over the next last little while, but I think our, our execution uh, was, it was um, behind the ability to generate a, a large basket, decent margins, and good returns. Okay, that's, that's a great color. Thanks and best of luck. Your next question comes from the line of Peter Sklar from BMO Capital Markets. Your line is now open. Okay, good morning. Um, uh, first on the dedicated store for online, I just had a few questions. Um, uh, I guess the first one, is this a conversion of an existing store? And um, there is a period of time of, uh, of uh, looks like infrastructure development of, of the store where I think you said you're not opening it up until next summer. And, you know, is there, you know, what is the extent, is there automation technology in the store? And you can discuss CapEx. Uh, I just wondering if you could talk around all those points. Okay, so it's not, it's not a conversion of an existing store. This is an existing facility um, in, in an industrial uh, location. So it, it's a building of about 100,000 square feet that needs, it's an existing building that needs some uh, uh, modifications to adapt to an e-commerce uh, store operation. So uh, changes to receiving, shipping, everything inside uh, needs to be uh, to be done to, uh, to to build a food store, basically a food store that will be efficient for for an e-com model. So that's why we need a, a few months to to build it out uh, and start operations next spring, next next spring, wrapping up to the next summer. So the capex uh, is uh, south of 15 million bucks. Say around 15 million is what uh, we're talking about. Um, one five. Uh, there is no automation per se to start. Uh, that's planned. We have a lot of technology. We are leveraging the technology and the systems and the learnings that we've used in our in our hub stores that we continue to use in our hub stores. Those will be used in, in the new facility. So uh, there, there's a heavy technology component to it, obviously. Um, but there's no 
pure automation to start. We continue to monitor the automation alternatives. Um, it's still early day, days for those uh, technologies. Um, the, the, the building where we will operate from will allow us to incorporate uh, micro-fulfillment if, if and when uh, we choose to do so, but that's not the way we're going to start. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and Eric, um, I take it that um, this this store is only for um, home delivery. It will not be building uh, uh, click and collect baskets. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, just a uh, um, couple of questions for uh, Francois, if I may. Um, Francois, the the amortization charge that you took on the pre-existing distribution assets in Ontario. Um, uh, I take it that's just a one-time. We're not going to see further charges as we go forward. It's a, it's a one-time, partly new information, partly catch-up. There's, there's going to be some remaining. As you shorten a useful life, we will continue to depreciate faster, but it's nothing like this amount that we just booked. Okay. And then on the, um, the COVID costs that were uh, $27 million during a quarter, can you talk a little bit about what the run rate looks like for Q1? Is it are we kind of at that level, or are the costs going down or up, or where are you at on that? No, we're pretty much on it. Uh, last quarter, if you remember, Peter, I said we were running about, we estimated that we'd be running about 10 to 12. Uh, this was a little over nine per, per month uh, this quarter. So it's around that ballpark, but it's uh, expect a similar amount, everything else being equal. Yeah, okay. Oh, and Eric, sorry, I forgot to ask you one thing on the dedicated store. Can you talk about, uh, like I would think eventually you're going to bring that to the to Toronto as well. Can you talk about, like, as you look into the future, how many of these stores do you think you, you could have to service your customers? So, yeah, so the evolution of our omni-channel strategy is to, is to have a dedicated facility in large, dense urban centers. So clearly Toronto would qualify. So we, we will look to, to build something similar in the Toronto market. So not ready to announce anything. Uh, we, we will keep you uh, posted, as they say, but we will start with this one in Montreal. Like I said, we now have a third hub store operating in Toronto. Uh, our business is, uh, we're pleased with our business in Toronto. We, we will need to add capacity there, um, but uh, it, it's, it's going to be um, in, the, in the year following or so. Okay, thanks very much. And in the meantime, you know, by adding click and collect stores, uh, more quickly, we think we can capture our fair share, and uh, that's our plan. Okay, thanks for your comments. Appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Your next question comes to the line of Irene Natel from RBC Capital Markets. Your line is now open. Thanks and good morning. Um, just wanted to talk, if we might, about the step up, I guess, in the pace of same store sales from the end of Q4 through to Q1. And, you know, anything you can tell us around what you're seeing as, you know, here in Quebec, we went into shutdowns. Is it kind of even Quebec and Ontario? Um, and also just really how you're thinking about in-store, same-store sales and the potential lift in e-commerce as we move into the brutally colder winter months as it's starting to feel today. So, so the lift, I wouldn't call it a big lift from 10 to 11%. It's a four-week number, so it's not the full quarter. So I think we're in the same ballpark. 
the first four weeks of, of, uh, of fiscal 21, uh, there's Thanksgiving in there. So Thanksgiving is a, is a big uh, week or 10 days, especially in Ontario, even more than Quebec. So I think we had a strong, uh, strong week that week. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a step up in, in same-store sales between the, the end of the quarter and, and uh, P1, to, to say that. Uh, traffic in our stores with the cold weather, um, uh, the impact of e-com. Uh, e-com demand is is, uh, is still strong, let's put it that way. Um, we're pleased with that. Uh, will it increase with the cold weather? You could make an argument. I, I, don't, I don't have the crystal ball like I, like I like to say. Um, so we're preparing our stores for the, the most of the business, as you know, is in the stores. Uh, and will be so over the course of this winter, so we have to take all the necessary measures uh, that we have to keep the, our stores safe and clean, and uh, if there are lineups outside, uh, we will have to find ways to put some shelters, so we're all um, preparing for that. It, it, it will perhaps be challenging, but uh, we have to do what we have to do to provide a safe environment for our customers and our employees, and we, we will spare uh, no expense and, and no measure. That's great, thank you. And um, switching gears for a second to, to the pharmacy side of the business, um, can you walk us through, I guess, the cadence over the next 12 months as you do now consolidate the distribution facilities in Berlin? And, and although you won't talk about synergies, maybe you can give us an idea of you know, the magnitude of, let's call it duplicative costs that you're incurring because you've got, you know, McMahon and Batman and, and, and the cadence with which we can expect those to kind of go away over the next 12 to 18 months. So, so the priority now uh, after the, um, the labor conflict is, is to really ramp up inventories in our Jean Coutu stores uh, and in our Jean Coutu warehouse. Uh, clearly, I said we, it, it's been challenging on the front end commercial sales, so we have, uh, we have uh, work to do there. So uh, that's the first priority, and that's going to be over the next uh, couple of months. Then after, uh, after the holidays um, and beyond that, we will resume all the activities to, to schedule the transfer of stores, the Brunet stores from the McMahon warehouse in East End of Montreal to Varennes. So this will be done starting, I guess, in the spring, uh, number of stores per week or per, or per month. And then we expect to, to, to have a full transfer done towards the end of fiscal 21, uh, early fall. So, and, and at that time, yes, we expect further synergies, further uh, SGNA reductions related to distribution. So, um, something around 10 million is the number that we'll be shooting for, uh, but it's going to take a bit of time. So, uh, and it's going to be gradual. That is great. <clears throat> Thank you. And then just finally, following up on a question, I think it was, it was Karen Schwartz Associates who asked the question about uh, at the top of the call. Um, just around what, I mean, your Metro and your Air Miles data, what are they showing you around, you know, existing customers versus new customers, um, you know, shift in basket, you know, um, the, the effectiveness of the direct communications that you're doing, particularly around Metro and me. Well, there's no big change uh, in that. You know, like I said earlier, we've been we've been at it for a while uh, with our loyalty programs and personalization, especially with Metro et moi. 
So uh, we, we're still using those tools and sharpening those uh, those insights and influencing our merchandising uh, and, and our promotional activities. So it's way more remains a, a popular, uh, well-liked program in the province of Quebec. Um, uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, same kind and similar results as that, that we've seen before. Uh, the online customer uh, tends to be a metro et moi customer, so we're seeing more loyalty from them, um, uh, which is a good thing uh, for us. And that's part of the uh, that is the omni-channel strategy to gain share of wallet uh, throughout through um, our stores and online. So metro et moi measures that pretty well, and, and, and we're happy at that. So it's all part of a larger digital plan, digital strategy um, that uh, we're pleased with. More to do, and you know we're, we're not done yet, but we're, we're pleased. Uh, we're pleased with that. I can't give you specific insights with obvious competitive reasons, but you know we're we're, we're doing what we uh, we've been doing, and we'll continue to do it. That's great. Thanks, Eric. Your next question comes from the line of Mark Petrie from CIBC. Your line is now open. Hey, good morning. Uh, I wanted to just follow up on a few of the topics that you guys have already uh, given some great information on. Uh, with regards to the dedicated online store, uh, are you willing to share, you know, an estimated sort of range um, on the revenue throughput that you would expect from that store once it's uh, once it's ramped up? No, we're not. We're adding capacity. Okay, fair. We're adding capacity, uh, and we think we will have enough capacity for a, for a few years, several years. We'll see how demand evolves, but we, we think we'll be in good shape to serve this growing demand more efficiently than we are today with our hub store model in those in, in the city of Montreal, uh, where, where there's, there's more demand. And uh, we have five stores, uh, hub stores around Montreal right now, so we will we will. Uh, Three, three of those stores will be, uh, quote unquote, uh, relocated into a new one to be more efficient, uh, add capacity. Uh, that, that, that's our plan. The, the stores will yes. offer click and click and collect, but the delivery and the picking and delivery will be done from a central location. And at the level of volume that we expect, we, we expect to be uh, to be efficient. Okay. Thank you. Um, with regards to the gross margin performance in Q4, um, are you still seeing modestly lower promo penetration uh, in, in, in larger baskets? And I'm just curious if there are any other impacts to call out for Q4 that were a change from Q3. Um, the gross margin uh, performance we're pleased with, um, higher volumes, higher baskets uh, tend to generate a, a, a good margin. The promo rate has uh, steadily increased back to more normal levels. So I, I can't say that like early days in the pandemic where the promo rate was way down, this is not the case. The promo is, is, is back up to, you you know, more uh, usual numbers. Um, that said, I think our mix uh, has been effective. Higher volumes uh, are, is good for lower shrink. Uh, private label penetration is uh, stronger. So uh, it's a bunch of factors that contributed to this uh, good performance on gross margin, and we're happy with that. Okay. Um, with regards to the synergies, um, I know the distribution of product generics through the Metro and Brunei network was not part of your original number, but could you just update us in terms of what type of progress you've made on that and, 
any comment about how much of an increase this is driven for the product business that would be helpful well um so product the generic drugs are, are available to the brunet uh, pharmacists it's their decision to uh, to order it or, or not we've seen a, a gradual gradual ramp up uh, in, in, in those sales um, to the brunet pharmacists uh, there's more potential there and uh, you know th those things uh, takes time, and uh, we're monitoring it. But again, it's it's uh, the pharmacist's decision um, on that. Okay. Yeah. Understood. And just the last one, um, just sort of bigger picture. I mean, obviously, consumer eating habits have been you know changed dramatically through the pandemic. I'm just wondering how all this has affected how you look at your prepared foods off prepared food offerings. Um, you know, be it HMR meal kits. Um, or even something like prepared food delivery. Um, how have how how have you adjusted your thinking about what that business could look like over the next couple of years, um, given all of the change um, that we've seen over the last number of months? Those are good questions. Uh, you know, the the uh, HMR and the kitchens in our store clearly were uh, almost shut down early on in, in the pandemic. They're gradually coming back uh, to life. Um, uh, and we're offering more and more prepared foods uh, from our stores. So we have to um, continue to evolve and adapt. So um, it's, it's clearly a, a big focus for metro stores in both Quebec and Ontario to have the right offer at the right price, um, good fresh food and, and um, HMR. So um, for competitive reasons, we're not going to give you all our plans, but clearly um, it's it's uh, it's a requirement. Customers uh, uh, are looking for it. Uh, so the, the way it's presented and merchandised can change. Perhaps more prepack, more refrigerated versus uh, heated. So you know there are changes to the way we present, but we will we have to present convenient, fast, uh, good foods to our customers, and that's what we're working hard to do. So. Um, I leave it to our to our good teams to to come up with the, with those answers, but uh, that's that's the direction. All right, appreciate all the comments. All the best. Thanks. Again, if you would like to ask a question, press star one on your telephone. Your next question comes from the line of Chris Lee from Desjardins. Your line is now open. Oh, hey, good morning. Um, yeah, online online pharmacy has become more topical again with the Amazon pharmacy announcement in the U.S. yesterday. Eric, I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but but just love to get your thoughts on you know how do you see online pharmacies impacting pharmacies in general over the longer term? Do you see them as a big threat? And then more importantly, how do you see uh, your pharmacy network evolving over the longer term to continue to drive growth and take market share? So our pharmacies uh, in Quebec have. Uh, um, are offering uh, prescription renewals and prescription home delivery online. So we have that, and uh, it's, it's certainly there to stay and, 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 and keep growing. Uh, the front-end sales, uh, uh, it's, it's not really uh, part of our, of our model. It's, it's a small part of our model today. We'll see how that, how that evolves. The Amazon announcement of yesterday in the U.S. I don't think is uh, a big threat short term anyway in this market. Regulations are very different. Price of drugs uh, are regulated here. Uh, prescription fees are regulated here by the government. So we don't see that uh, as a big threat. That said, uh, for convenience and uh, uh, 
professional care, our, our Jean Coutu and Brunet pharmacies uh, through their online platforms uh, for, for uh, health files and prescription renewals and ordering are, are delivering that service to their patients. Great, that, that's very helpful. And maybe just a quick follow-up on that. We, we know in Quebec, the pharmacy regulations tend to a bit more, be more strict than other provinces, such as the requirement that pharmacists also need to be owners of the business. Do you see that as a potential hurdle for, for some of the new online entrants in, in, in Quebec? Do we see this as a potential hurdle? Hurdle to make yeah. it harder because of the more string, uh, stringent regulations? I would think so, yes. That would, okay, that's helpful. And then just shifting to online, the grocery business, can you share with us what is the mix between your click and collect and home delivery volumes uh, so far? Uh, we don't disclose uh, those ratios. Um, the uh, model that we uh, uh, worked on for the last four years has been more skewed to home delivery. So uh, uh, a large percentage of our sales are, are, are uh, home delivered. Uh, but click and collect, especially in light of the pandemic, has picked up in, in the hub stores that we have today. Um, click and collect uh, has accelerated. So given where things are and the level of demand in smaller markets, for uh, for online shopping through click and collect, we think we uh, uh, we can we can like I said earlier uh, keep our fair share of, of those sales in our uh, of our metro customers in those markets with the click and collect model. So uh, long answer, heavily uh, home del delivery today. The mix uh, will change as we add click and collect stores over the next year. Okay, that, that's helpful. Then you know appreciating that as you expand your click and collect to more stores next year, there will be more expenses. But since most of them are more variable labor costs, is it fair to assume that as you do expand the click and collect, presumably you get more sales with that? So if most of the costs are more variable labor costs, the, the impact on your profitability should be manageable. Would, would that be a fair assumption just on the click and collect business for next year? Well, yeah, like, like I said earlier, there, there will be some costs associated with offering that service. I think uh, in lower density markets, stores can manage their hours to, with their existing employees, with the help of the technology that we will provide, that they, they can fill that uh, click and collect service within their, uh, you know, their hours that they manage uh, every week. So the reassignment of hours, they, I, I, we think that it can be absorbed, uh, and it will, it'll be that much easier if, if it's all additional sales. If it's a transfer of existing in-store sales to online click and collect, then uh, it's a little more dicey, and we have to manage our costs r really well. We think we think we can, but uh, we hope that it'll be uh, added volume or, or parts of it that will be new volume, which will make it uh, a little easier. Okay, that's very helpful. Maybe my last one is just on, on capital expenditures. You're guiding 600 million for this year. I, can you share with us sort of what are the, the big buckets? Uh, you mentioned the, the dark store will be like a 150 million investment, but you know, you know, in terms of other big buckets like new, new DCs and store renovations, can you just give a rough sense of what are the big buckets of spending for next year or for yeah, this year? Yeah, Chris, uh, Francois here. Uh, you can assume that uh, it's, it's, it's pretty well uh, divided between uh, uh, DC uh, and uh, retail network. So obviously we have large, we still have large investments in our automated DC in Ontario. We're starting in Quebec, uh, and uh, about half of what I said will be around the retail network, rough order of magnitude. 
Perfect. Okay. Thank you for your answers and have a strong and safe holiday season. Thank you, Chris. You too. Your next question comes from the line of Vishal Sridhar from National Bank. Your line is now open. Hi. Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, just a, another follow-up here on the uh, e-commerce acceleration uh, initiative, particularly the Montreal facility for home delivery. Wondering why management decided to at least delay the installation of automated technology. Is it the, the business case? Is, is the technology not reliable? What, what's the issue with, with, with uh, not trialing that at this point? Um, I think the guess, I guess the short answer is uh, we have a good model. We're pretty efficient the way we operate today. We think we can be even more efficient with this online facility. Uh, can automation help us? Maybe uh, again, like we are going to monitor uh, that closely um, and incorporate it if and when we think it's it's going to be helpful. Um, when you change uh, the way of doing things, there's uh, transition, there's cost, there's training, needs people, needs systems. So we have to be careful uh, how we we do it. Just to, just a transition to a new building is a challenge. We're going to do it with the existing uh, methods, and that'll make it a little uh, easier, smoother to start. And as we go down the road, uh, we will incorporate automation gradually if we think it, it, it will help us. So we will measure, we will analyze where we think it can help us. We, we will incorporate it. But the priority for us was to open this uh, rapidly. Um, and, and to do so, uh, we are choosing to go with with our current model uh, in a much more efficient, uh, efficiently um, built building uh, adapted for pure 100% e-com. Okay, uh, thanks for that. Uh, with respect to the uh, investments in click and collect and delivery, and, and I understand uh, the future is uncertain and um, of course, I understand that in the past, uh, delivery was, um, you know, a method that Metro thought would be more preferred by the customer. So given the pandemic, given the behaviors that you're observing, um, is it fair to say that Metro now believes that click and collect and delivery are both going to have a place in the future for the customer? Well, uh, our, our, uh, our, our experience so far um, uh, has been that the delivery was the chosen or preferred model. Um, Click and collect is is becoming uh, available in, uh, at, at other competitors, it's, uh, and it's it's being trialed. So we think that there's a customer for both. Yes, what the proportions will be exactly, it's hard to tell. Um, but uh, e-com to me is is uh, about convenience uh, first and foremost, and uh, the way you deliver it uh, depends on the density. And the economics uh, market by market. So, in the um, Montreal market or the GTA market, a dedicated center makes sense uh, at the levels that we're at today, and uh, that's why we're going in that direction. And in other markets where delivery can't uh, be justified or supported, then we uh, we should offer click and collect efficiently, so that that customer that uh, prefers to shop online and pick up at store can be can be serviced. So. Yes, it's uh, you, you need you need both. I think to uh, to serve the customer as well. Okay, uh, wonderful. And um, just uh, changing topics here a bit. Um, with with respect to the Adonis banner, I know it's a little bit more labor intensive and has a 
has a different offer than, than call it most stores. Can you just comment how the pandemic impacted uh, performance at Adonis, um, uh, you know, particularly given its, its, its uh, prepared food offering as well? And, and has that changed your view on the growth expectations of this banner? Well, I don't think uh, it has changed our views on the banner potential and, and, and uh, the concept is differentiated. We think it's a great concept with a, with a lot of potential. That said, the pandemic has been a little harder on that banner than our uh, regular food stores. Uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, we have large, uh, I would call them destination Adonis stores. And those stores, uh, in, in early in the pandemic, uh, with uh, you know, stores are with heavy volume and big crowds. Clearly, they were affected. People had to, to line up and or, or and wait for a long time. So that, that we lost some sales because of that. Sundays were closed early for for a few weeks early on in Quebec. So it, it was tough on Adonis, the big stores. I would say early on, it's better now. And we have also downtown urban uh, Adonis stores. That are near the students, the universities, and heavily focused on prep food. So, uh, no big secret that those stores, even with our metro banner in Quebec and Ontario, those stores are under pressure. Uh, downtowns are, are are empty, and students are, are not there. So, so there's been pressure uh, on Adonis uh, for sure in the last year. That said, we're very confident about the banner, its potential. We we opened a store um, last year in Ottawa. This year, it's fiscal 20 in Ottawa. It's off to a good start. Uh, we're opening in Quebec City uh, early the next winter, so we see more growth. Um, but clearly, prepared food is a, is, is a big part of the Adonis offer, and that was affected. So I think that's temporary. Vaccines are, are coming soon, apparently, so so we'll see. Okay, and um, I was hoping to get your perspective on the trend for conventional versus discount. You know, it's been well... Um, well discussed about conventional doing better because of uh, restaurants closing, one-stop shop, et cetera. But given that you've had presumably many new customers trial your conventional offers that presumably haven't shopped there as much as they usually have, do you think that that trial will result in some stickiness uh, in the conventional banner once this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic dissipates? Uh, you know, your best uh, perspective on that. Well, yes, we we think uh, we think we should uh, get uh, uh, to keep some of those uh, new customers or get those existing customers to keep spending more with us than they did before. So hopefully, they found a good shopping experience and they they, they save money before versus their previous habits, and that we get to, we get to keep more of their share of wallets. So we're working hard to do that, and I think we have a shot uh, at doing that. That said. Discount uh, is, is, is a significant part of our business. We like our, our, our mix of discount and conventional. Uh, the search for value uh, is not going away, and I think uh, it's important to have both uh, strong formats uh, in the portfolio, and, and we do. So I think that's a good thing. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Michael Van Elst from TD Securities. Your line is now open. Thanks. Good morning. Um, just wanted to touch back on the Montreal uh, dark store or whatever you want to call it. Uh, can you can you uh, give us an idea of what the geographic area can cover and and like how many stores are you delivering from in Quebec now? And will this replace some of those stores, or is it just fully additive? 
have uh, five stores, hub stores in the greater Montreal area, three on the island, one in the South Shore, and one in Laval. So the plan is to migrate the three island of Montreal stores to this new central location. The three island of Montreal stores will remain click and collect. Uh, the other Laval store and the South Shore store will remain as hub stores for, for click and collect and delivery. And uh, that's the way we, we will start this uh, new facility to service essentially the island of Montreal. But it could service, we'll, we'll see how it evolves, it could service uh, greater Montreal uh, eventually. Again, we, we, uh, we learn, we adapt, we test, we learn, and things change. It, it goes fast in e-com, and uh, I'm just giving you the original plan, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay, and which city is, uh, is the actual uh, facility located in? Okay, great. Um, as far as the uh, synergies are concerned, so you were at 16 million in the quarter, which is roughly 70 million if you annualize it, and now you're talking about 75 million annualized going forward. So I'm just wondering where the incremental improvement is coming from going uh, out of Q4 and into Q1. Yeah, so Michael Francois here. Uh, so uh, many little things, but mostly additional procurement uh, synergies that were secured uh, but but has not flown through the uh, Q4 results so that you will they will flow through the Q1 results now but we have secured an additional five uh, it just hasn't flown in the the, uh, the PNL yet okay and did I hear Eric say that the new um, the, the converting uh, or getting Varan ramped up and taking over Brene is going to add 10 million more. Yes, that's the uh, that's the. Uh, that's you can goal. assume that uh, that's a goal. Uh, there were already some. Uh, there were some SGNA that uh, that had been uh, that had been uh, removed from the, uh, the facility, but the remaining uh, the remaining combination, you can assume uh, you know a, a, an additional 10 million uh, going forward. Okay, and did the new labor agreement? Uh, take away from that at all? Well, again, we're we're pleased with the outcome of the uh, labor negotiation. There are some added costs. Uh, there are some rate increases. Uh, I will spare you all the details of the uh, changes in the in the collective bargaining agreement. But uh, I would say that it's 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 market, and the increases that we will pay um, are are normal course. That's right. We're not taking away from this. Uh, from the combination here. Okay, and can you just explain or uh, the steps that have to be done to get your stores, your PJC stores, back up to uh, where they were prior? Like, why why does it take a few months a few months to get the stores restocked fully and and promotion ramped back up? It's a few weeks uh, leading into Christmas. We think we'll be in good shape around Christmas, but. Uh, you know, the contingency plan, uh, uh, we reduced assortment, we reduced promotions, we changed supply uh, mechanisms to uh, third parties, to direct delivery. Uh, so, uh, again, systems and order books and sizes, a million details here, but to, to, to provide a good contingency to service our stores, we have to make some changes. Now we have to unwind all those changes, go back to normal. It takes a, it takes a bit of time. So stores uh, need to, to be filled, uh, refilled. Um, they have inventory, but they need more. And so we, we will uh, gradually fill them up, 
and uh, reactivate our promotional uh, activity, which, you know, since uh, the beginning of the strike has been reduced. Uh, we skipped a week or two of flyers. Uh, uh, you know, conflicts are tough. They're tough on, uh, on everyone, employees, managers, uh, uh, retail. Uh, it, it was tough. So um, glad it's behind us. Uh, and that's why I say it's going to take a, a few weeks to, to get back to normal. So we want to get that done, and that takes, in, that takes us into the holidays. And then after that, we can restart the, the process to, uh, to prepare Varen to receive the McMahon business. But before they do that, Dave, there's, there's a bit of work to do. All right, thank you. And last question, I figure I'll take a stab at this, but are you willing to uh, give us an indication of what your e-commerce penetration is in food at this point? No, we, we, uh, it's still low. It's still uh, low single digits. Uh, it's the metro banner only. It doesn't cover all geographies. So, you know, we, can, we, we know what our, our, our sales are, obviously. We know what the, the percentage of all metro is. We measure it in the markets where we offer click and collect, so, or not click and collect, but uh, e-com. Um, so it's, it's low single digits. It's growing from a very small base. Uh, and we'll see where we'll see where it ends up, but uh, it's 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 an important, a more and more important part of the metro business. It's part of the offer, um, and, and we'll see we'll see how it grows. Uh, when when we have a, a more, like I said, a broad, broader geographic coverage, you know, perhaps we'll give you more more color on the on the penetration. Okay, the market, great, thanks. Markets that we serve, like Montreal, a few years. Uh, with our hub store model, um, uh, you know, it's 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 in the low single digits and growing. All right. Thank you, Eric. Your next question comes from the line of Chris Lee from Desjardins. Your line is now open. So, sorry, Eric. Just maybe a quick follow-up to the front-end sales. Did the, the weaker coughing flu season is that having a bit of an impact on your results so far in the current fiscal quarter? The answer is yes. Um, it's, still, it's still early in that season, but from what we can tell, uh, uh, early days, it's a, it's a much weaker cold and flu season versus last year. Last year was a quote-unquote exceptionally strong cold and flu season. Now it's an exceptionally weak one with all the sanitary, sanitary measures everywhere. So yeah, that's having an impact on our uh, on our sales or the pharmacy sales uh, right now. Um, but there's also impact because of the, uh, like I said, the, um, the fill rates and the promotional activity uh, that, that was not uh, the same as last year. So that's why we said uh, at the outset of the call, pharmacy results, uh, there will be an impact uh, because of this conflict for sure, if you want. Okay. That's, that's helpful. And then lastly, sorry. Okay, perfect. And then just lastly, just with respect to the reduction in branded drug prices uh, for next year. Do you expect that to have a material impact on your results next year? Uh, we're not planning for a material impact on our results next year. We're following that uh, file closely. I'm told uh, there, there could be some, some reductions, but that it won't be material in the next year or so. I don't have all those details, Chris. So we could get back to you, but in our plan, we don't have a big impact from that. Okay, great. Thanks again. There are no further questions at this time. I will turn the call back over to the presenters. 
Thank you all for your interest in Metro, and we will speak again soon to discuss our first quarter results on January 26th. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.